0: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions, because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a fun good morning, one and all. And a
1: big welcome back to you, Franklin. Well,
0: thank you. Uh, I was, uh, I, I I was very
2: I hate you. Fortunate. Sorry, no, I love you. But but just so <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah.
1: fortunate. I, yes. Oh,
2: my gosh. I was so fortunate to be away for one of the coldest snaps this early in, in the month. I know. I couldn't believe it. record We're down there in Florida and enjoying, for the most part, <laughs> nice. good weather. Yeah. Like, Temps in the high 80s. Oh, that's pretty good. Yes, indeed, it is. <laughs> that's
1: really good. And,
2: and everything was going <laughs> along smoothly until, well, a couple of days ago. Then mm. the cloudy weather moved in. The rainy Dis- weather. Weather, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, a lot of rain, plus the fact that the pool heater quit. Oh.
1: She <laughs> so had to wear your long oh, underwear I, in the pool. Yeah,
2: there you go. I tell you, that oh, must I know, have that just little been trap door, so telling.
1: frustrating.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, but it was, oh, it was, it was not nice. Yeah, and dumped on with rain. just, just Oh, yeah. So, hunk her
1: down and play some cards <laughs> yep, or something. Yeah. Yep. But still, nice holiday. You look very oh, rested.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you very much. No, it was uh, lovely. Shirley's still there. Mm. And uh, she might even be tuned in this morning. I don't know whether I set her up on the phone with, she can, you know, dial us in as it were. Oh, that uh, sounds very well, yeah, technical. Live. <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen, listen live. Listen
1: live and listen yeah. on the web, and you can yeah. watch as well, not yeah, just exactly. listen. Exactly.
2: Oh, my. We are so entertaining. Uh, not really. All right. yeah, Go back no. to bed, Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me get the phone numbers on the air here. That's my main job. In Toronto, here's the number to call to reach Charlie Dobbin, the Master Gardener here at Zoomer Radio, 416 360 0740. Then anywhere in the province, it is toll free. 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra goes this way. Call early, call often. One question per call. What, what a, a great mantra. Yeah. <laughs> patrolman Proctor will pull you over, give you a ticket. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to be a first time caller, let, uh, who's it? Duncan. Duncan. <laughs> you were just going to say yeah. Sebastian. That's I right. Know. Yeah. I saw it. Just a
1: second. It's Duncan. There he's the best. Yes. And he will he's really good yeah. at asking the right questions, getting the information up yep. on the board for us. So.
2: Anyway, uh that, that little bell will precede you coming to the air and you in- get indicating wings, that you get garden wings garden wings yeah, you so you
1: can float up over the garden yeah exactly and get a good view different view right birds eye view of the garden it's a really nice to change up right when we when yeah. we do it cuz this is what we do at this time of year we think about what worked in the garden what didn't work in the garden what yeah. would i do differently next mm-hmm. year of course in my case i still have a huge big blank slate <laughs> oh, so yeah. what will i do oh How's in that my garden? Garden, by the way yeah it's got some snow on it mm-hmm. well, well actually an interesting kind of a story was that Plants, I brought plants from Richmond Hill that I dug up in the 90 degree July and August weather we were having. So pots and pots of plants, now they can't live above ground. They will freeze solid and die if I just left them. And of course, I can't plant them because the soil is construction soil. And so uh, a friend, a lovely young man from Live Landscaping, got himself a, a backhoe and dug a big pit in my in my <laughs> concrete yard and we put all the pl- pots in there covered them up covered yeah. them up with some beautiful triple mix that I had okay. delivered it all looked really good. They were just happy, happy. Winter was coming, and then it started to rain just oh, a couple dear. weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And it, it, rained, and up it up. rained, and uh. it rained, and rained, and I had a swimming pool. <laughs> and oh, those poor no. little pots were bobbing around in the swimming pool. Oh, god! So I had to get them out of there, because that's the last place they're going to survive yeah, is yeah. underwater. Got them out of there, and then <laughs> Elliot and I came up with a different location down in the back 40, where we actually could dig by hand into okay. the old, yeah. it's actually old farmland, right? Yeah. So it's old, original soil there. Mm-hmm. I think the plants are much happier. They're not underwater. <laughs> and, the pool, and they're going to survive, I I hope so. That's my plan. Considering what I've done before them already, (laughs) if they don't survive, I'm going to be very angry. (laughs) So, just really quickly before Mm -hmm. we must go to a break, I want to say thanks again to Sean James, who joined me last week when Frank was away. Uh, Sean James consulting.ca is his website. He is going to be at Carson's Garden and Market. So, Carson Uh Arthur is a fairly well-known HGTV personality, etc. So, Sean, next Saturday is at Carson's Garden and Market, which is now in my neck of the woods in Hillier. Hillier, Prince Edward County at 1317 Wilson Road. So that's next Saturday, two o'clock in the afternoon. His topic is plants that support local birds. Right. And I will be jumping in my Learjet mm-hmm. after the show mm-hmm. next Saturday to race on down because I promised Sean I was coming to heckle him at that event. So <laughs> Good. it's, uh, right. and I've got a few friends coming. So we're going to really, you know, boost the place up. It's going to be fun. It's, I'm looking forward to seeing okay. Carson's Garden Center. Couple of things going on this week. This Monday, remember the Blenheim Hort Society is hosting their annual potluck dinner and speaker. Uh, 59 Ellen Street in mm-hmm. Blenheim. Right. Margaret Dudley is the speaker. She's a master gardener and a well-known speaker. Bring your favorite dish. Join them for a night of good food and entertainment and fun. Tuesday this week, the East Gwillingbury Gardener's Annual General Meeting Mm -hmm. and Awards Night is happening. That's with guest Michael Erdman, who's going to demonstrate easy floral arrangements for the holiday season. That's at the Mount Albert Lions Community Center, 5057 Mount Albert Road in Mount Albert. That's Mm -hmm. in your neighborhood. All are welcome. No charge. Please bring a donation for the local food bank. Okay. Okay. That's what I got for now.
2: All right, my love. Uh, we have Natalie on hold from Richmond Hill, your old stomping grounds. Uh-huh. So we'll be uh, also checking one in. of
1: my students. Oh, is that right? Yep.
2: Oh, wonderful. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll welcome Natalie to the show in moments here on Zoomer Radio. It's the Garden Show, and of course, starring Charlie Dobbin. We'll be back in a moment.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie. Let me just first mention, we have
2: yes. two first-time callers online.
1: Oh, you're going to get some exercise. So that
2: means, though, there are a couple of lines that are still open right now. And if you call in, you, you've you been saying to yourself, gosh, I'd like to give Charlie a, a <laughs> ding-a-ding. And so now would be the, the great right time to do that, okay? Meantime, here is a little uh, welcome a big to welcome Natalie, to first-time Natalie. caller. Natalie, good Richmond morning.
1: Hill. Hi, Natalie. Morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. How's things?
3: Things are good.
1: All right. What's going on?
3: My question (laughs) is, I've been so busy with school that although Charlie gave me the advice to apply the nematodes to my damaged lawn where I think I'm having a a grub problem, Uh I didn't do it. And (laughs) Uh I'm wondering... Come
1: spring, what are my options? Oh, life gets in the way, doesn't it? (laughs) Life gets in the way. I know. So, um, all right. So I I want to just welcome Natalie to the show. She is one of my students at Durham College. And, um, you know, I totally enjoy her in my first year class, horticulture technician class. Um, So you're right. You've got, did you buy those nematodes? Are they sitting on the counter somewhere or in the fridge? I,
3: I bought them. I mixed them. I put them in the fridge and I've been using them with my other plants.
1: Like indoor, planning. like in my
3: soil, and, oh. and I did try to throw it down in the grass, but I knew it was too late. Yeah.
1: Likely, because what you, as I explained to you at the time, the grubs who right. may have been chewing on the roots of in an area on your lawn and turning it all yellow this fall, this late summer and fall, they they're smart. <laughs> they don't right. need to watch the weather network. <laughs> they knew cold weather was coming, and you they start heading they down. Listen yeah so you can't get the nematodes to the grubs now they're they're down too deep, so you're right. you could use them wherever you suspect you have some kind of in um animals of any kind in your soil that would should work uh they're pretty specific though remember those grubs are pretty specific to right. those nematodes very are, are mm-hmm. specific to the grubs that we um are challenged within our lawns so for now, a couple of things. A lot of people got caught with their pants down, so to speak, or their rakes still hanging up <laughs> when the snow fell. So leaves all over our lawns, snow on top of those leaves, those leaves are suffocating the lawns beneath. I'm I'm quite confident that the snow is going to melt and we are going to get a break. We're going to get back to more normal fall fall sort of uh, environment. Once that snow is a little thinner or melted away, gentle raking get those leaves off the lawn. The nematodes are would be you'd be basically wasting those away. But next spring, when those grubs come back up, mm-hmm. as far as I know, there is nothing you can do to. Um, control those grubs in the spring. They're much bigger, they're fatter, they're tougher. The nematodes won't do the job in the spring, but the starlings will, the raccoons will, the skunks will. Lots of wildlife will happily eat those grubs, so you're just going to have to let them do it, and then fix your lawn afterwards. It'll be like...
2: the latter part of August.
1: No, but before that, you'll fix your lawn, because they'll pupate, so the the actual larva will become little cocoons, Mm -hmm. and when that happens, you can get your lawn back in order. Rake it, level, top dress, overseed all all that stuff that's usually mm, late may early june yeah and uh-huh. then you're right early august get those nematodes i'll do that next year for sure okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks charlie hey, thanks for calling thanks for joining us thanks don't Natalie. be a stranger yeah, you know what we say coffee's always on
2: yeah uh, and and as frank reaches for the bell one Again, more time
1: yeah.
2: hey that's for seymour in aurora welcome to the show seymour
4: Thank you so much, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So my situation, I, I we live in about two acres, and I have about maybe 70 Colorado blue spruces. Wow. And as you know, there's a problem with them, such that the foliage start dying from the lower branches, moving upwards, from, from inside outwards. Right. I presume you're familiar uh, with.
1: Yeah, problem. you know. What? Okay, so carry on. I'm listening because there was something that was a big deal about mm, 15 years ago. I'm not sure if it's the same disease. It was a fungal disease.
4: Yeah, it's probably the same same problem. Probably. So you know, it, it really affects the, the you know the majestic nature mm-hmm. of these beautiful trees. And my approach has been to remove the dead branches as they appear. But, you know, the trees end up not looking as beautiful as they normally do. I just wondered if you, you know, you're familiar with any approach that might be effective in handling this problem.
1: Yeah, I think what you've got is something commonly called needle cast. So brown needles on blue spruces, leaving bare branches behind, blue spruce being very susceptible. It is a fungal disease. I see. Um, so it begins on the lower branches, which is why that's exactly what you've got going on. It works its way upwards. Right. Um, eventually, the entire plant ends up dying. So I'm just trying to remember what we did, because this my neighbor had this back in Richmond Hill years ago. Um, hmm.
4: Yeah, so, I, you know, I brought an arborist in. Okay, yeah. And because I have so many, it's prohibitively expensive, expensive. to expensive. do what they suggest like spraying, mm. deep root feeding, all that kind of stuff, you know? Mm. But that was their approach to it, you know. And Well,
1: that actually makes sense. I mean, so often when a plant is uh, infested, whether it's by an insect or a disease, it's because that plant is under stress of some kind. So you could yourself, uh, and something I have used and had good success with... Definitely you can pay an arborist to deep root feed, but Uh you can also go to your local, you know, home hardware, Canadian Tire, and buy something which is a root, a deep root um, feeder gizmo that goes, it's called a Ross, R-O-S-S, Ross Ross root feeder. I see. goes on your hose, assuming your hose can get out to all these 70 trees. Right. And then you buy the pellets. It's got fertilizer, evergreen pellets that I go see. in a little cylinder. And of course, you would follow the instructions as to when you would do this. But the point is, the probe goes down. It's about a meter down uh-huh. into the soil. I see. And you <clears throat> inject the fertilizer down at that level instead of it going on the surface of the soil where the whatever's growing on the surface, whether it's lawn or, you know, meadow. <clears throat> meadow or Whatever mm. they'll take all that fertilizer. So if you can get it down deeper, you can <laughs> get it down to the roots, and that's something you can do yourself at you know a minimal cost right, compared to right. what you would pay a, an arborist. It's well, not like so we do much.
4: I'll, I'll, I'll- Pay attention to that.
1: Yeah. Um. Also, I think seriously about making sure there's not a lot of competition around mm-hmm. the plants uh, in terms of weeds and things. So,
4: just... Well, you know, there are a zillion. The, the property is very yeah. thickly treed. So yeah. There are all sorts of maples and right. so on. In amongst there. You know, amongst the, the, the blue spruces. Mm-hmm. I have removed many trees over the last, uh, you know, many years. We've been here about 30 years. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we we did the landscaping. So the trees are really small when we planted <laughs> Funny them. Funny
1: how that works. Yeah,
4: yeah, they're very majestic now. Yeah, I bet. As, as I said, the property is very thickly tree. Yeah, nice. And I have tried to thin out as best. I probably have removed maybe sixty trees. Wow! Well. So you yeah, must have planted you
1: know? like hundreds originally. <laughs>
4: Yes, yeah. Wow. But that, you see, I think that's a part of the problem, you yeah. know, too much competition. Too much. Yeah. Well,
1: competition and also lack of air circulation. You see, right, that's, the blue right, spruce right. would definitely suffer from that. If You know, mm-hmm. maples are such dense plants with big leaves. So all those plant, trees all crammed in together, you don't get much sun penetration and particularly air circulation. Right. And that's when fungal diseases are super happy as I well. I get you. Okay.
4: Well, yeah. I'm doing my best, as I said, to, to prune as much as I yeah. can, like, even with the maples, we're moving lower branches yeah. a lot, as you we're said, allowing thinning. more air and lighting right. and so on, hmm. and, well. and I really think it's helping.
1: Probably. And you know what? I'm just thinking, so you're in Aurora. <clears throat> you know, Seneca King Campus, so it's not that far. King City's not yeah, that far. I know where it is. They have an environmental program. So you know what you need? You need a student. You need somebody who is in training as an arborist or right. as oh, uh, in that business mm-hmm. who would love to practice some of their skills on a property like yours and would charge you minimal amount of money to do so.
4: Yeah, that's a great idea, and I, I'm going to pursue that. that that's what I would with do. i get that campus and see what I can arrange.
1: Yeah, you never know, right? There's, there's, there you are. Um, and Seneca also does have an arb, arboriculture program as well. So, I mean, okay. it's just maybe because for your size property, that might be just the perfect solution. Yeah,
4: it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Seymour, well, keep so in much. touch I with us. I appreciate your help. Okay. Our pleasure. Yeah. Good luck with Let that. Let us know how you get on with that, Sounds okay? pretty beautiful
1: where you Particularly
2: contacting are. A, a student to help out. I think that's a great well, idea. Well, I've done
1: that because I had yeah. back in Richmond Hill, I had two separate mm-hmm. young men go on to arboriculture school. Yep. And they were super handy to put to work on my neighbor's yards, particularly because <laughs> I would be telling my neighbor, you need to prune that. And they'd say, well, will you do it? And I'd say, well, you know, Joe down the street will do it for half what I would charge you. So why <laughs> exactly. don't I hired, hire that kid? Right.
2: <laughs> we have to take a little break here. Uh, but we do have... Uh, other callers on the line, including another first-time caller. Wow. My golly, we're busy this morning nice. with that. But we will return and uh, head off to uh, plod along to Picton <laughs> uh, with Tom in mind. Nice. That's coming up next here on The Garden Show
0: from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, Charlie. uh, Time to... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Wait,
1: one second. I just got a quick text because, you know, I have my people working in the background. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. (laughs) Paul DeGroote sent a a quick text, and he's suggesting that um, Seymour in Aurora with all those Mm blue spruce spruces might want to consider making an effort, a consistent effort to mow the grass under the blue spruces if oh, he can. All right. He's Paul says there was some talk 10 roughly years ago when this became a big deal, this particular disease, that the fungus was wintering in the tall weeds or grass beneath oh, the trees. Okay. And keeping in mind that fungal diseases are always very, very prolific when we have very wet springs. We had a very wet spring this past 2019, Mm -hmm. so that also could be uh, contributing to there being uh, a real obvious outbreak of the disease this past summer. Well,
2: hopefully that's a helpful suggestion. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah, way to go, (laughs) Paul. All righty, Tom in Picton. Good morning. Welcome to the show.
5: Yeah, good morning to you. Good morning. Yes, uh, I just moved into a house in... The County, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of these beetles that look like ladybugs, but mm-hmm. they're not the bright orange dotted things. They're more mm-hmm. of a rusty brown.
1: Mm-hmm. They have spots or stripes?
5: Uh, neither. They're just a dull, rusty color.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're inside your house? Pardon? Are they inside your house? Yes. Yes, they are. Okay, so you know what that is. It's likely an insect called Box Elder beetle, and they, uh, just like ladybugs in the fall are looking for a place to stay warm for the winter. And, they are quite uh, interesting that they uh, can make themselves very small and they love any little crack or cranny or crevice that they can squeeze their little bodies into and they will very happily hunker down for the winter, um, sleeping away as winter goes on. And then in the spring, we'll get a nice warm sunny day and they'll all wake up and all of a sudden your walls will be crawling with oh either lady gosh, really? bugs, lady uh. beetles or box elder bugs or any of these. Some of them are actually stink bugs, so you don't want to squish them because they oh, yeah. do stink and they stain your walls, <laughs> so for your purposes at this point, it's really a vacuum. Just vacuum any when oh. they're out there. And of course, if you leave the vacuum outside, if you can, if it's a handheld vacuum, <clears throat> they will they will die in the vacuum bag outside in all this cold. Because uh, you don't want to leave the vacuum inside because they could potentially crawl back out. But don't squish them. Oh yeah.
5: Well, oh. unlike a ladybug, are they beneficial?
1: You know what? Most insects have some, do something beneficial, um, in the sense that they either pollinate or mm-hmm. they eat something. If we know, you know, lady beetles are so famous for eating aphids. Um, stink bugs. At this point, I can't remember exactly what they're eating. They do not necessarily eat, as far as I recall, any. Well, it depends. There's so many different kinds. Uh, they're unlikely doing any damage, but they're really just looking for a, a winter. They're lo- they want to go to Florida, really. So <laughs> yeah. they're hoping that your house will be their. Floor- florida <laughs> so, so don't hesitate to shoo them out but be very careful about squishing yeah they don't uh, smell good thank
5: you very much okay, okay tom all the good best. luck with
2: that uh, when i was down in florida I, I picked up a copy of the new york times one day and oh, there yeah. was a, an interesting article in there about the absence or, or at least the um uh, lack of insects in the world is getting, you know, it's getting dangerous where oh. they're they're not being uh, so prevalent that they can go and uh, do the pollination. pollination. Yeah, yeah, exactly
1: right. Well, because one third of the foods we eat are pollinated by insects. Yeah. So with no insects, we lose 30 yeah. percent of yeah. our foods and some of the foods that we love. Yeah. You strawberries know, peaches, strawberries, like cherries, yeah. squashes, apples, all of there it. There you go. So that's that. I mean, so it's a good thing to be concerned about.
2: Yeah. All righty, hey, out there in uh, Mississauga is Peter,
5: first time caller. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, how are you?
2: Great.
1: Good morning, welcome to the
5: show. Okay, I have an almond tree mm-hmm. that about 10 years ago when I was digging in my rock garden, I found this almond sprouted. Uh-huh. It has, it's about three feet tall.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, about
5: three years ago, it blossomed and I had the almond things on them. Wow. But it hasn't blossomed since, so I was wondering, how do I get it to blossom again?
1: Huh, move to California. <laughs> I'm surprised. It's, so it, you saw the almond, like that it had grown from an actual almond?
5: Well, yeah. The almond itself had just sprouted its roots and its stem. Nice. and and So I got it in a big pot, and I put it in my garage oh. through the wintertime. Oh, okay. Sorry, so you do have it protected. And then okay. I bring it out oh, when no. it starts to sprout. Nice. Huh. And it had beautiful <sighs> pink blossoms on it there about three years ago. Yeah. And I farm the big almond pods, whatever you want to call them, mm.
1: which the squirrels love. I bet. Yeah, but huh. I, it
5: hasn't blossomed since. So I was wondering, is there something I can do to get it to blossom again?
1: All right. So what I would do is I would do the things that we would traditionally do to encourage flowering plants to flower. Does it need to be? How's it growing? Is it? Does the growth habit look nice? Or did you need to do some pruning on it at some point?
5: Uh, no, it's growing fine. Okay. I've, I had the odd little uh, dead stem coming off a branch, I mm. got rid of that.
1: Yeah, you can prune dead stuff anytime. I was going to yeah. say, it, late winter, early spring, if it does require some pruning, if you've got branches that are crisscrossing or rubbing together or growing to the inside open, of the open plant. up the
5: air around. Exactly, we like those
1: open canopies.
5: No, the branches are all open.
1: Yeah, good. So okay. so I was going to say, if you're going to do any pruning, that's the time to do it. Uh, and at that point, of course, the days are getting longer, plants are starting to respond to the longer days and more sunshine. So I would... Uh, the, assuming the pot is a big enough pot and it's not super pot bound, then I would leave it in the pot it's in. And do you fertilize? Have you fertilized at all? Uh, mm-hmm. No, I
5: haven't. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I guess I did uh, uh, once uh, with uh, miracle Grow.
1: Okay, so you could use Miracle Grow, which is a synthetic fertilizer designed to encourage blooming, uh, or you could say, okay, I'd prefer to add some compost to my my pot in my soil or some uh, composted manure, something that's going to really feed the plant a little slower than Miracle Grow, but still feed it, because organic fertilizers do feed, but they just feed uh, in a in a more steady, slow rate rather than a mm-hmm. sort of plants on steroids, which is the way the way Miracle Grow works. It's like a real shot in the arm when we. Uh, add it to the soil either way i would encourage some blooming with some fertilizer once the plant is actively growing in the spring so late spring early summer and um yeah you you should start to s- buds of course flower buds would be forming in the spring so keep an eye get it into as much sun as you possibly can get it outside as soon as you can in the spring but be careful of frost yeah okay thanks all right, all
2: right peter thanks for joining us good luck on this uh It's interesting, how
1: often do you have a raw almond kicking around that, that germinates? Usually, like, they're roasted and salted and yeah, smoked yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, I've had a lot of mangoes uh, germinate in my compost bins. Oh, really? Bins. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, you throw the pits yeah. in there and, and oh, they take they forever to decompose, but while they're decomposing, they grow. And it's like, no, I don't think I want a mango tree. <laughs> they're very big trees. <laughs> yeah. They're beautiful, but they're very big.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, off to Mississauga again, and Lauren is on the line. Good morning, Lauren. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Lauren. Good morning. Lauren. Yep. Go ahead.
3: Yes, I hear.
1: Yep. What's going on at your place?
3: Oh, I, I have some tulip. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure that they're tulip or, or daffodil bulbs. Okay. Homes. Yep. I never got to plant them. Oh dear. And I'd like to know if I can plant them now. Yep. So I could have. So they could grow in the, in February
1: or something. Okay, so if you ho- did you want to plant them so they'll grow inside your house or do you have a garden outside you wanted to plant them in? Yes,
3: I have a garden. Uh, well, I want to plant them in the pots.
1: Okay, so you want to force them to grow in pots and then they'll bloom inside your house?
3: Okay. Is
1: that your plan? so that's fine I mean assuming um, so some bulbs are better than others some varieties of bulbs are better than others when it comes to uh, blooming indoors and forcing them to grow indoors but for anybody who's sitting on bags of bulbs and doesn't want to put on their long underwear and go out there and shovel snow and get the bulbs in the ground before the ground freezes Mm -hmm. which I would highly recommend doing today or tomorrow if you can tomorrow is actually optimal because it's going to be sunny and warmer Um, and you want to get them to bloom indoors. What you need is some nice sterile potting soil or soilless mix, container mix, clean pots. Um, You will fill the pots two-thirds full with moist container growing mix. Whatever bulbs you have, pointy end up. Fill the bulbs. Even when the bulbs touch each other, it's okay in the pots. And um, the little pointy ends will just stick out of the top mm-hmm. of the pots versus in the ground. We bury yeah. them much deeper. But in a pot, we basically have the those bulbs really almost on the surface. Now, more, more moist potting soil all around. A thorough watering of these newly planted bulbs into the pots that, of course, have drainage holes. Drain out all that water. Bag the, your pots of bulbs into dark green garbage bags or any kind of a dark plastic bag, Mm -hmm. tie it up, stick it in the fridge. This is assuming you've got room in the fridge for all this. Into the fridge it goes and uh, put a date on it. So if it's going in the fridge, uh, you know, November, whatever, 15th, 16th give yourself 12 weeks in 12 weeks get pull out the bag open it up and they will have they will have started to grow they will be white because they're in the dark mm-hmm. and you'll get them out onto a nice sunny window ledge and of course they'll turn green in the sunlight in the sunshine and be blooming and causing wow. an incredible amount of cheerfulness for you uh, about you know 13 14 15 weeks from now Wow. Well,
2: how's that sound to, to you Lauren?: how,
3: how much do I feed them
1: You don't need to feed them at all. They have everything they need right inside those bulbs.
3: Now, how do I tell the difference between a tulip and a daffodil?
1: Well, they look very different. A tulip is a sort of almost an apricot brown-colored uh a uh, jacket on it it's uh you know it's called a tunic the um outer paper covering on a tulip and under that is a very white uh traditional looking bulb whereas oh. a daffodil is much more of a brown gnarly looking thing so very sort of different looking bulbs but any of them can be forced like i say some are better than others for forcing usually the shorter the bulb the better it forces because the tall ones tend to topple oh. over inside our homes uh, she, oh, you uh, better... Let us know how that goes.
2: Okay, Lauren, thank you very much. Uh, this would be a darn good time to call because we do have uh, Some several lines, lines open right yeah. now. Uh, in Toronto, if you're listening in, you want to uh, pose a question to Charlie, 416 And then anywhere in the province, of course, toll free, one 866 4, we'll be along to stay in Toronto, as a matter of fact, to say hi to Ed in just moments here on The Garden Show as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village.
3: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and fox clubs, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox,
0: hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on
2: Zoomer Radio. Okay, Charlie, just around the corner maybe here in Toronto is Ed, and he's on the line ready to say hi. Good morning, Ed. Good morning. How are you today?
6: Good
1: morning. morning.
6: Um, I have a Norfolk Island, Norfolk Island Pine. Yes, had it for about 15 years or more. It's nice. grown quite tall in my living room. Mm-hmm. I always keep it inside, but the lower branches have died off. Mm-hmm. So only about the top third uh, have branches. Mm-hmm. My question is is there any way that I can uh, prune the top and will it sprout branches on the bottom?
1: Or- no. <laughs>
6: <laughs> it's time to get a new tree.
1: Your hand- no, you know what you can do? If you're interested and you want to do this as a project, Google. Air layering, so air a i r, and then hey, layering. Write that down. And write that down. Air, air
6: layering, layering, layer,
1: layer. like a yeah. layered cake, but layering. Right. So air layering is a form of propagation of plants, like you have. So you've got lots mm-hmm. of nice growth on the top, virtually no growth on the bottom, and there's no way in the world you want to take that top off. You take that. Chop that top off and now you lose the form of the plant. A Norfolk Island pine is a pure, should be a pyramidal shaped plant with a terminal bud in the top. And so if you, if you're interested to try and propagate it and what you would do in a nutshell is you get your, get a hold of some sphagnum moss. First off, you need about two cups or three cups of good quality sterile sphagnum moss. And then where would I get the, uh, at any garden center? you know and, and this and it's time is sphagnum sphagnum moss yep yeah. right. sphagnum moss is quite magical because it holds up to 20 times its weight in water wow so, okay. with a razor blade, you would do some slicing on the bark of the tree below where the green branches are and where that is going to happen. With, it's hard to say uh, over the radio, but roughly a, a foot or so down from the greenest branch. So, you okay. do some very, very light slicing into the bark all the way around, or you'd even remove the bark all the way around, girdling the plant. You take your moist sphagnum moss, which you've moistened, wet it, and wrung it out. You wrap Wrap that moss all around that spot where you've just removed all the bark. Then you take either tin foil or plastic wrap, and you wrap the sphagnum moss and you tie it at the top and the bottom around the trunk of the tree, and you leave it there. Right. Uh, three to four months from now, roots will have grown from where you removed the bark, and once that those roots are there, then you can get out your little saw and you can cut off the top. So you've got the top of the tree. You now have roots just below all that green growth. Chop through that, repot this new cutting, if you will, the new, newly propagated plant. And then you can throw out the bottom if you want, which is the pot, the current pot and all the naked branches at the bottom. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a good project. It's a yep. not overnight. It takes a few months for those roots to grow. But there's good. There's very good information on obviously YouTube and on the web. And well, it's almost
2: magical, for gosh sakes. Eh?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I was just teaching this technique yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's a. It is a good one. Like, is it? I'd love to do it with my students, if, you know, if I had some plants mm-hmm. to do it with, and then you need that time frame. And if you use plastic wrap, you'll see the roots starting to grow. If you use tin foil, you have to check every now and then just to see what's so going on. So you wrap
6: the, the, the plastic wrap right around all of the, the moss. Yep. correct?
1: Yep. And then yeah, just okay. tie it at the top and bottom with a little string. Keep it in place. Yeah, yeah. keep it in place because you want a okay. nice, firm... The moss has to be firmly around that where you've wounded the plant. Right. It's yeah. because you do that wounding and Bark removal that the plant responds to heal the wound, and because plants are so incredible and they can do anything when when they start cell division, it will grow roots. Because you're going to give it that nice moist moss, the plant will grow roots. Interesting. Well, how about
6: that? There you go. <laughs> I have to. I have to just say one thing. Last week I called you about bugs or flies in on my trees, uh, yeah. and you mentioned the the stickets. I think it's called uh, the the little uh, sticks that you put in the ground. Yep. It worked perfect. Excellent. Oh,
1: yeah, the sticky Quick sticks question, were...
6: and that'll be my last one. Um, because I have hibiscus, and I get white flies sometimes mm. in the winter, will these same stickets work with these as well?
1: Yes, they will, because white flies fly. fly. Yeah. Any flying insect is attracted okay. to the yellow. Okay, well, listen, thank you so okay. much. I love your show. Thanks for calling. <laughs> thank you. I want to hear from much, you Ed. in four months yeah. when your Norfolk Island pine is now yeah. shorter <laughs> and in a new pot. That
2: that really is amazing, that whole deal. I, hmm. All right, you know what? We have to take a little bit of a break here because we have uh, three other callers at least to get to, including Carol in Mississauga, who's next up here
0: on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. <laughs> change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio
2: Alrighty, charlie let's uh, go to our final little segment here and start off by going to mm. mississauga there's carol on the line good morning carol
3: good morning morning um i have a question about my wisteria yes <clears throat> it's many years old mm. and a couple of springs it took a late frost and was quite stunted and shocked, but this year it seems to have thrived really well mm-hmm. and thickened up and grown, and I got a seed pod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I've got two
1: little seeds. They're flat, and I'm wondering what do I do with them? I'd like to have them grow. Okay, so that's you can do that. They're not hard to grow from seed. Um, keep in mind, though, a couple of things. One is... From from seed, it can take up to 20 years for a wisteria to flower. Oh, my Lord. So, it's a very long-term project. Oh, jeez! It's that long. Yeah. So, if you know that, um, and then you never know what the flowers will be, because the seeds coming off of the plant will not necessarily be the same as the plant they come from. Yeah, that was one of my questions. Yeah. So, you've got a pod, you've got a couple of seeds. I, in, in your case, you have two options. You could plant them indoors round about February or March. Start them in a moist, you know, just a small pot with some pot, like a seed germination mix. Uh, They should germinate quite readily. And then you would take them outside once we're frost free. You would harden them off and get them out into the real world. Or you could just wait and plant them directly outside uh, in the sort of, you know, early, mid spring. Not when the soil is too cold, but uh, once it warms up a bit, sort of, you're in Mississauga. So maybe late May, depending on the kind of spring we're having. Again, they will grow, but they can take up to two months for the seeds to germinate. So be patient. And then... Another 20 years to flower. So oh lots goodness. of patience for this one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but not hard to grow. Yeah. Just keep in mind that wisteria is a very vigorous plant, as I'm sure you know, and they can become very, very large and very heavy. Uh, so whatever you have them growing on, make sure it's a very solid structure they're growing on. Stable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, whether it's a fence or, um, you know, a arbor or whatever. No little rinky-dink uh thin thing you bought at home depot make sure it's a really solid piece of furniture because wisteria do live for many many years and they do weigh a ton and they'll break things okay okay, okay. thank you <laughs> thank you carol you're very welcome all right
2: let me uh, reach for the bell here my gosh uh, we're oh, going to richmond this hill is
1: great
2: hey that's for catherine good morning first time caller
1: oh
3: hi good morning good morning catherine welcome to the show I'm in constant awe of the both of you, so thank you for taking my call. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> right. I have a question about um, a six foot tall, thickest tree. Oh, yeah. And it's got this braided uh, yep. branch. Yep. Um, my daughter actually took it back in summer from her 25th level Toronto, <laughs> brightly lit office back to my home in Richmond Hill. Mm -hmm. She couldn't part with it because they were moving office. Uh, So it's sitting in my lobby, typical Richmond Hill home, um, in the lobby with the window Mm -hmm. and the slit in the door, Mm -hmm. um, uh, south and west side. (laughs) Now, uh, how do I keep this thing alive? I see that the leaves are dropping, but I also see green little Tips, growing, um, it's not dying. How do I keep it alive for the rest of its life?
1: Well, it could live for a very long time, but if you do have a nice big lobby, it sounds like it's nice and bright with the south and the west windows. That's all good. The one thing that that Ficus, it's, it's actually a weeping fig, likely, um, or Benjamina, ficus Benjamina. The one thing it does not like is cold drafts. Cold so, draft. so if it's near yeah. the front door and people are going in and out that door, it mm-hmm. will not be ultimately a very happy plant. But it mm-hmm. is a good sign that it's showing mm-hmm. new green little tiny buds. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that indicates that it's, it, you know, the fact that it's dropping leaves is completely normal. You mm-hmm. cannot move that plant three feet in your house and not have it drop leaves. It's okay. a, we always say it's a very, it's, it just. As soon as you move it, even look at it sideways, it'll drop leaves. But it will, if it's happy and healthy, grow new ones. And the ones it's growing, the new leaves will be perfect for where it's now placed. Those leaves will be designed for the light levels in your current lobby area of your home. That so, yeah. as long as it's at least hopefully, mm, you know, eight, nine, ten feet away from that front door, like away from drafts, no mm-hmm. hot air drafts, no cold air drafts. And mm-hmm. then the main thing when it comes to watering is just water when it's dry. It's hard yeah, to know that when it's a mm-hmm. big plant like that, how, you know, mm-hmm. when to water. So you'd mm-hmm. be a good candidate to get something called a moisture meter. And that's moisture. just a little probe that goes in the soil, helps you find out how much moisture is down, you know, a foot or so down mm-hmm. under the, the surface of the soil. We can stick our fingers down, but that's only a couple inches. So you want to go down a little deeper with a mm-hmm. moisture meter and then mm-hmm. you have a better idea of what the moisture levels are mm-hmm. like. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's showing wet on the meter, Of course, you will not water until it's on the dry side. And when you water, water thoroughly. No fertilizer until next March. Okay. All right.
3: Now, she says that when it was in her office, uh, by her office window, Mm -hmm. the gardener would come in once every two weeks Mm -hmm. and dumps in a whole lot of water. Right. And that's all he did, and he mm. grew beautifully. Yeah. So should I follow the same principle? Um,
1: likely that would work. Um, it, mm. it, what it's going to depend on is, so that's a thorough watering, and that's important. Mm-hmm. So we water rarely, but we water thoroughly. So that's mm-hmm. what was happening. Every two mm-hmm. weeks, lots mm-hmm. of water, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But keeping in mind that um, temperature matters and light levels matter. So if her office was similar to your lobby in terms of light and temperature, that mm-hmm. exact same routine will work. If you're a little darker or a little cooler than she was then maybe it'd be every three weeks that you would water so do get uh, a get a hold of that moisture meter and just uh, be confident when you do water and water thoroughly okay okay all right yeah thank sounds you sounds lovely much.
3: and um, we miss you here in Richmond Hill <laughs> I know I'm sort of your neighbor
1: <laughs> uh, I, I, I kind of miss Richmond Hill too so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you thank you well enjoy mm-hmm. it sounds like it's going to be very pretty in your lobby
3: it is it is pretty I've got lots of other
1: plans yeah Great! Thank you, nice Super, to hear Catherine. From you, Catherine.
2: Thank you for joining us son, yeah. on this wintry morning. My gosh!
1: Well, yeah, you've been in Florida. You well, don't know yeah. what we've been putting
2: up well, with. Well, no. Uh I can appreciate it. Uh, oh, I'm sure however, you can. I'm glad I didn't Between have to be here.
1: The, for the a, you know the tornado the winds. Speaking and the,
2: of wintertime mm-hmm. and arrival of things, Santa is coming tomorrow. Oh, good point. Yeah, to the big Santa all Claus over parade. the world. Yeah, actually. Uh,
1: parades uh, everywhere.
2: How he shows up at all these places? At once. Amazing. I but know. Oh, he's magic.
1: cloning. He's into cloning.
2: Yep, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, it's been fun this morning. It's uh, and been nice to have you back. Getting back into the grind, which is not really the, the grind, grind for me. The grind, yeah. I sit here and give the phone numbers, and Charlie does all the work. Uh,
1: that's okay, uh, but you you share yeah. good little anecdotes, and you're the nematode guy. You well, know did, all about that, are. of course. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know why, but you just you somehow managed to <laughs> grab that word nematode yeah. and work around with I'm it.
2: I'm looking forward to brekkies. So we go across <sighs> the street to. I uh, imagine it's the, if.
1: Am I buying or are you buying?
2: i got to figure that out. Oh, okay. If it's I'll,
1: you, it's steak and eggs. You know uh, that, uh-oh. right? <laughs> burnt, burnt toast for you. Okay. <laughs> Dry toast for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, so Charlie. So you're back uh, in a little while, I yeah, imagine, this afternoon. this afternoon? 2
2: this afternoon, 2 to
1: 3.30. You're ready to go to talk yes. about what's on in this city yeah. and the city you left behind back in the warmth of the southern exactly. states?
2: Exactly.
1: Well, like I say, Frank, it's great to have you back. Thank you very much. Missed you. And Duncan, can Duncan. do without your help. Yes. Thank you a ton. Great callers, as usual. Keep those great calls coming. Happy to hear from you. And we will see you all again next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.